Welcome to week number two in our series that we're calling You Were Made for This. We're kind of looking at our core values, our vision as a church. What makes Valley unique in this area, in this community? And uh, just, just really also reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness. He's been so good to us for 46 years and uh, coming up on our 47th anniversary in September. And uh, we want to be faithful as well to what God's called us to you know, to, to really reach our community and beyond as well. And speaking of beyond, I want to give an update uh, from our sister church in Trospel, Transnistria. Uh, they just celebrated a very significant anniversary themselves. Pastor Yuri Semenyuk, our dear friend, he was with us in February at the uh, men's breakfast. He was able to speak and then got snowed out uh, the following Sunday. But let me share with you a few pictures from their 27th anniversary celebration, 27 years. This first picture, this is their auditorium, which, by the way, you, Valley family, you paid for every one of those chairs. You also paid for, it's because of your generosity, they have those seats. They also have heat and air conditioning. They had over 1,000 people at their 27th anniversary, and this was in the middle of being persecuted because of their faith, terrorist attacks, you know, refugee crisis in the nation. They weren't sure anyone who's going to show a thousand people showed up for that celebration. And then look at the, the next uh, shot here. Uh, this is actually in their bakery, which again, because of your generosity, Valley family, you bought, you purchased, sent the money for them to have the bread baker that made this possible in their bakery. They're baking a cake for the 27th anniversary. And then the next shot, uh, it, it shows they're bringing in the cake. That cake weighed 25 pounds for this anniversary celebration right down the center aisle during this anniversary service. Then the next shot, this is Pastor Yuri and Pastor Alexi next to him. Uh, Natalie, who is the translator for us, does a fantastic job during the celebration there. And then check out this next picture this is they're serving that cake and that awning that you see there that's because of your generosity valley family we sent the money as well didn't do special offering or anything but just sent the money uh, over there to help them because they weren't allowed it was illegal for them to go into the building uh, the KGB said they couldn't and so they built this awning over an outdoor place and it's still there being used today all because of your generosity valley family and so I can't thank you enough and uh, just had a chance to actually zoom with Pastor Yuri and his leadership this week, uh, a, a, you know, one of those Zoom calls, video conference calls, and just to talk with them, encourage them. They're very, very discouraged. It's an incredibly difficult time that they're going through right now. And so, again, because of your generosity, Valley family, we, we decided to send them $5,000, which multiplied by like 25, I think is the exchange rate, or 35, something like that, into the rubles that they use there. Uh, and, and it was just such a huge encouragement to them uh, with all of the challenges that they're facing right now. And so that's our sister church update. All of that's possible, not just reaching our community, but literally our nation and around the world, as we talked about last week, because of your generosity, Valley family. So I can't thank you enough. Pastor Yuri wanted me to send his warm, just, just gratitude and, and such heartfelt 
uh, Thanksgiving for you, Valley family, making a difference, as I said, not just our community and nation, but also around the world. And, and that's what we're here for. That's a part of, of what we're here for, why we exist. Valley exists to help people, and, and this is what we're looking at, uh, first and foremost, to know God. To help people know God this is what we talked about last week. And, and what is that? That's really the focus there on Sunday mornings, lost people saved. To help people come into a relationship with God. And we hope that every Sunday, whether it's online or in person, that, that we all take a step forward, that we, we know God in a better way, a deeper way than we did before the service began. The second step we're going to talk about today is find freedom. And, and that's save people pastored. That it's not just enough to to have a relationship with God, but then people need to be cared for. How do we do that here at Valley Christian Church? We'll be talking about that uh, during our time together today. Save people pastored. Then the third step uh, in this journey, this spiritual journey, uh, is to discover purpose. That's pastored people trained. We're going to talk about that next week. Where does that happen in, in Valley Christian Church? We're going to share with you the primary place that that takes place. And, and then finally, to make a difference. To make a difference, that's train people mobilized. That's going to be two weeks from today in the finale of our series as we finish looking at these core values, really the vision of our church to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people trained, and trained people mobilized. So let, let's focus in on this find freedom. Find freedom where does that happen in Valley Christian Church? It happens primarily in relationships. Primarily in Christ-centered relationships. And, and primarily that happens in our groups. Because it's hard to really develop a, a strong friendship, relationship with someone uh, when, when really you're just looking at the back of their head on a Sunday morning or maybe just a brief little conversation over a cup of coffee in the cafe when you come in. And, and this is really important because Think about this, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, and all these notes are in our sermon notes on our Valley website, valleyny.cc. You can follow along with me and email those, add notes to your, the ones that I had given you there and uh, send them to yourself, email them to yourself, you'll have them forever. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, now, here's the thing. Jesus came to set you free from sin. He came to set me free from sin. Anything that, that we feel like we don't have control on, anything that is stealing the, the fullness of life that God intends for you to live and me to live, Jesus came to set you free. Jesus came to set me free. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free, has set me free. But freedom is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process, it's really, it's a journey that we're on. And too often, the struggles that we have, the difficulties that we face, instead of recognizing Jesus wants to set us free from them, we do the worst thing possible, and that is we make those struggles our identity. In other words, what we're a slave to, we say, well, that's just who I am, it's never going to be different. That, that's, that's my identity, my, my struggle or my pain or, or my, my heartache. And, and really when you think about it, 
Jesus came to set us free so that our identity is in him alone. That's why even, even tonight, uh, we have our water baptism celebration, and I invite you to come out to that, uh, 6 o'clock tonight, Sunday night. What, what water baptism is all about is I'm exchanging identities. I'm exchanging my identity as a sinner, maybe my identity, uh, you, you know, that, that maybe uh, I, I'm an addict, maybe I'm an alcoholic, you know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe I was abused. I'm exchanging my identity with Christ's identity, who he says I am. Not who my parents said I was, not, not who some teachers, some coach, you know, spoke all kinds of negativity over my life, not, not someone who, who abused me, used me. I, no, no, that's not my identity. My identity is with Jesus Christ. And so even in water baptism, that's why we say, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. We are identifying that we are who Jesus says we are. He lived for me, he died for me, he rose from the dead for me. That's why water baptism is so powerful, because it's a change in identity. But too many times, instead of identifying with Jesus, we identify with what's happened to us. You, you know, slavery can uh, sometimes be more comfortable than we'd like to admit. We, we choose to identify with the pain and the hurt and, and, and the abuse and the addiction rather than the one who died to set us free, who lived and died and rose again to set us free. See, we all want freedom uh, as long as it doesn't require us to, you know, like, have faith. <laughs> as long as it doesn't require us to feel uncomfortable. As long as it doesn't require us to be more responsible. But Jesus came to set you free. It was for freedom that Christ died to set you free. It's available for you. It's available for me. We just have to choose to walk in it. Choose to walk in his freedom. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, so important, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. There's something powerful about confession. Those things that are holding us back, those sins that, 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 that we're slave to, we need to confess those to God, and God forgives us. God forgives us. That's the promise of Scripture that is so great. But then look at this. God forgives us when we sin. But look at James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In other words, God forgives you and I of sin, but sin impacts our life. It impacts our identity. And it hurts us. There's, there's a pain that's inflicted in our life because of sin. That's why for forgiveness, we confess to God. For healing from sin, we confess to someone else. Relationships. That's where we find freedom. In, in Christ-centered relationships. That's what James is talking about here. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, it's so important that we surround ourselves with the right people. Uh, that's one of the most important decisions and important steps in our spiritual journey that we can ever take. Uh, let me put it this way. If you're the only one that knows your secrets, you are in extreme danger right now. Someone else needs to know your secrets. Someone else needs to know. I, I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but, but 
whatever you're holding secret in your life, and we all have stuff we're struggling with, we all have strains, we all have challenges that we're facing, but if you're not telling someone else, if you're not sharing someone else, sharing that with someone else who can pray for you, who can lift you up, that can hold you accountable, you are in much more dangerous territory right now at this moment, keeping your secrets to yourself than if you share them with someone else. They can pray for you, they can lift you up, and, and can hold you accountable, hold you, hold you accountable in the middle of your struggle. It's the secret kept that does devastating damage in a person's life instead of the secret that's shared. See, when it comes to spiritual health, the reality is you're either growing forward or you're going backwards. There is no just holding the line. You're either growing forward, I'm either growing forward more into the likeness of Christ's character and his image, or I'm going backwards. I'm, I'm drifting backwards. There is no just, I've arrived, I'm staying stationary, I'm staying put. Proverbs, uh, actually Proverbs chapter 27 puts it this way, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kind of friends he chooses. Man, isn't that powerful? What, what, really, what a person is really like, you can tell what they're like by the people they surround themselves with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? That says more about who you are than how you look, what you say, even, even what a mirror reflects. Your friends reflect, your relationships reflect who you really are. I, I, know, I know too many Christians talk a good game and they have nothing but a trail of broken relationships all around them. Trail of broken relationships all around them. You know, it was pretty funny. Just even this past Sunday, we had a special uh, meeting, interest meeting for a, a new ministry that we're launching here at Valley called Zillennials for Gen Z and Millennials together, basically folks from 20 to 39 years old. And uh, Susie and I met with them and uh, it was a great turnout. We're getting some activities and some events, you know, scheduled and, and uh, planned out and all that. Uh, it, it just hit me, you know, I, I became the pastor of the church when I was 24 years old, lead pastor of the church. Uh, here when I was 24 years old, and, and it just reminded me, I was like, Susie, remember when we were this young? Remember when we were in our 20s like this, leading the church and all? And, and then I just thought, you know, when I turned 30, when I, my 30th birthday is coming up, you know, almost 25 years ago, do you know where my 30th birthday party was? It was at Aaron and Karen Johnson's house 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Aaron and Karen Johnson, and, and you know, not just Aaron and Karen, you know who else was there? Great friends of our Pat and Teresa Farley, 25 years ago. So important that we surround ourselves with the right people. Because, you know, the friends you choose say more about who you what you really like than even the mirror does. That's what the scripture says. And, and so, how are we going to find freedom through relationships? Let me coach you up here, how, how we're going to find freedom through relationships. Here's the first thing. Focus on nurturing the relationships that are most important to you. you you've got to, all of us have limited capacity. There's almost so much time in the day. We, we've got to prioritize the right relationships in our life. Be, because once you spend time, you don't get that time back. And, and so cultivate Focus on nurturing and cultivating the relationships that are really the most important to you. Sometimes to, to 
get together with our friends. We have to schedule things weeks, sometimes even months out. But, but make it a priority. Because pri- relationships, they have to be nurtured. When relationships are neglected, relationships drift. When relationships are neglected, relationships drift. And so it's so important to focus on nurturing those relationships. Think about it. Jesus did this. There was the multitude, and, and then there was like the 120 that were kind of the, the, the smaller group within the multitude of thousands. But then it was who? It was the 12 that Jesus spent more time with than anyone else. And actually, inside the 12, there was also the three, Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John that he was the closest to, that he spent more time with than anybody else. Just as Jesus focused on nurturing the relationships most important to you, to him, we have to do that as well. Here's the second thing. Choose to restore the broken relationships in your life. Now, this isn't easy. I, I've had to walk through some real tough times, but, but just thankfully, just so grateful, so thankful to God that, that God has allowed some, some real broken relationships to be restored in my life. Family relationships, friendships that, that have spanned a- almost four decades. But I've just seen God do some amazing things. But, but we have to be willing. And man, I, I'll tell you, it's, it's incredibly difficult. But, but again, look at what the scripture says. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bear with each other. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave. That's the, that's the premise of forgiveness. It's not based on if that person earned it, if that person deserves it or not. The basis is God has forgiven me, and, and so who am I to hold an offense against someone else? And we've talked about this in the past. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be restoration of that relationship. Uh, a friendship of mine that was, that was really broken, uh, I, I forgave the guy, but it was about almost 10, 15 years later before the restoration came. Big, big difference in the timing. But, but it's so important that, that we really... Uh, that, that we really choose to restore broken relationships in our life when it all, when it's, whenever it's possible. Sometimes it's just not possible because it's a, it's a relationship. It's two different people. But w- we need to make sure we remove whatever roadblock it is, and it starts with forgiveness. Forgive first. Restoration takes time. Restoration is a process. Forgiveness is a moment. And that's what the Scripture tells us. Bear one another's birth. Forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone else. Our culture today, it's like the national pastime to hold on to grievances and to air grievances and to hold grievances over people's heads. There's only one problem with that if you're a Christian. Jesus tells us not to ever do that. We have no right to do that as a follower of Christ. No right to do that. Don't, don't hold grievances. Forgive. Why? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Here's the third thing I think is so important in terms of prioritizing and nurturing really relationship. Know when to walk away. There's a time to walk away. There's some people that are in your life right now, they're no good for you and they're hurting you. And the more time you spend with them, they're pulling you away from God. They're not inspiring you to, to move closer to God. So know when to walk away. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 puts it this way. Walk with the wise, you become wise, 
but a companion of fools suffers harm. In other words, that, that we, we hang out with the right people, we prioritize the right relationship, Christ-centered relationships, it's going to rub off on us. We're going to become more like Jesus. Think about just even the summer right now. How are you already prioritizing Christ-centered relationships for this summer? So that at the end of this summer, you're going to be more like Jesus than you are right now. It's not going to happen by accident. Walk with the wise, become wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. What does that mean? Will be collateral damage. You hang out with foolish, stupid people carnal people that don't care about God, don't love Jesus Christ, you are going to suffer as a result of it. By their decision. You'll suffer because of their decisions. Because of the people you hang out with. So it's so important. Learn how to walk away. Some relationships just like, that's no good for me anymore. Just don't return the text. Don't return the call. Just, just learn how to walk away. I guarantee you this, this summer... You'll be more like Jesus or less, by, less like Jesus based on who you hang out with. Learn, know when to walk away. 1 Corinthians 15.33 puts it this way. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Corrupts good character. You, you can't, well, I'm just, I'm just hanging out with them. I'm trying to influence them and all this. No, the more you hang out with them, they're corrupting your character. Don't, don't be misled. Don't be deceived. One translation says, be not deceived. In other words, don't believe the lie that, that that's happening. They're actually influencing you more. So incredibly important. Bad company corrupts good character. This is one of those verses my mom had on the refrigerator door on, on an index card with a little ladybug magnet. So every time myself and my siblings, when we went to get something out of the refrigerator, you know, I have two older brothers, three teenage boys, including myself, younger sister, teenage boys hungry. Every time we went to the refrigerator, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Important, major. And here, here's the fourth way that really we can uh, find freedom through relationships. Risk being real. Risk being real. I didn't do this for a big part of my life. Uh, probably close till I was 30. I, I just wouldn't, I, I was so guarded, I didn't trust anybody. I, I, ne next to my wife, Susie, I mean, that was it. And, and I was just ground powder. And I remember I was on vacation <laughs> down in Florida. That's when my in-laws lived down in Florida, had a beautiful home there. And I'm laying out there in a sun chair, just, just getting a tan and on vacation, and I, I literally prayed, God, don't make me go back. God, I don't want to go back to that church. I don't, I don't want to go back to that place in New York. Don't make me go back. I'm dying. And, and I felt like God just spoke to me. I was I'm listening to my Walkman. I think I had Journey or something on the Walkman, Journey's Greatest Hits, and, and uh, laying out in the sun, and God just spoke to me, and he said, I want to heal your hurt. And this is how I want you, this is how I'm going to do it. And he put three men in my mind. They were members of the church. And he said, I want you to go back and I want you to meet with each one of them individually. And I want you to tell them you need them. That you need them to be your friend. And it's in the friendship 
that I'm going to heal you in that friendship. Two of those men, Aaron Johnson, Pat Farley. And I just had to risk being real with someone because I was dying on the inside. Starved to death for friendship and relationship. Risk being real. And I'm thankful for it. It's made all the difference in my life. All the difference in my life. And I look back over the landscape of over 25 years, you know, the friendship, births of children, you know, graduations, parents passing away, highs, lows, all that. It's worth it. It's been worth it. So much so. Risk being real. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 puts it this way. Talking about the relationships, even in in the Christian church, we should not stop gathering together with other believers. It's so important. Prioritize, as some of you are doing. Instead, we must continue to encourage each other even more as we see the day of the Lord coming. E- even as we see we're, we're moving like light speed, it seems like, towards the end. We have to prioritize even more relationships with, with, with other Christians. More gathering together I, I mean online campus is great but it's it's different than looking somebody in the eyes and, and it's great if you're away on a trip or something like that but but this is n- this is not relationship it really not you, flesh and blood it's so important don't don't stop gathering together with other believers because it's to our own hurt that we do that this, this is pages of scripture is so important risk being real see if you're willing to be real with others, you might be surprised what you'll discover. If, if you're just willing to risk it. I'm not saying it's, it's, there's no risk. There is a risk. But if you're willing to risk it, you might just find friends who walk in when everyone else walks out. You might just find friends who don't rub it in, but help when it doesn't work out. You might just find friends who need you as much as you need them. And that's what I've found over the years. Friends that needed my friendship as much as I needed their friendship. And and I'm so thankful today that I have friends that that I can share, you know, what's not working in my life, what's, what's still hurting in my life, so, so, so many things in my life I just feel like just cursing out. That, that I've got friends like, Greg, I'm here for you. Let me pray with you. It, it makes all the difference in the world. Think about it. Jesus, on the night when he's praying in the garden, he's about to be betrayed, he shares with his friends those, he had, those relationships he'd cultivated and nurtured. He says to them, now my heart is greatly troubled even to the point of death. Who in your life, what friend group, who are the friends that you can say that to? I'm so troubled, like, now my heart, I'm just breaking up inside. If you don't have those kind of friendships, cultivating those kind of friendships in your life, you're missing out on one of the greatest aspects 
of Christianity. Jesus had those kind of relationships. Now my heart is greatly troubled, even to the point of death, that, that he could share that with his friends. We all need, if, if, if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords had relationships like that, I think we need them too. He shared. He, he, he realized it was worth the risk. And, and so, right now in the time we have remaining, I just want to share real quickly, like, three different areas to cultivate meaningful relationships, like three different spheres, if you will, that, that we can really prioritize to cultivate these meaningful relationships. First of all, it's in the church. In the church. Look at what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says. Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family. I'll get back to that in just a minute. His very own family, citizens of God's country. He's not talking about the United States. He's not talking about, you know, United Kingdom or anything. He's talking about heaven. And, and belong to God's household with every other Christian. That, that, that when you receive Christ as your Savior, when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, at that point we become a member of his family. We become a, a citizen of God's country. We, become a, a, we belong in God's household. And so what it really means is this. See, church is really not a place that you attend. It's a family that you're a part of. And just like every family, yeah, there's that kind of like weird Uncle Charlie, <laughs> you know. Uh, not everybody in your family, you're close to everybody in your family, like your extended family. But we're family. And so maybe your, your nuclear family, maybe your immediate family that you grew up in, was maybe it was like crazy, dysfunctional, all this stuff. But that's all the more reason in the family of God we should learn how relationships are supposed to work in a healthy way. And that means we work out differences. We, we, we work out conflict and disagreements because we're family. And, and, and even with Friends that I have, Pat Farley and Aaron Johnson, we've had to work out some stuff over the years. We, we've had some disagreements. We've, we, we've had some, some conflict. We've had some times we didn't see. We had to work those things out. But boy, the benefit on the other side, they're, they're, they're not just friends, they're brothers. They're brothers to me. And, and, and I'm not alone, and that's not an exhaustive list either. But, but almost every strong friendship uh, brother that I have in God, there have been times that there's been some conflict, disagreement, dis misunderstanding. And you got to, because your family, you talk that out. So here's the thing. If I need you and you need me, let's commit to being in this spiritual family together. That, that it's just like anything in life. The more you're committed to it, the more benefit it is, more beneficial. Casual, part-time, half-hearted, eh, take it or leave it, there's not much benefit there. Committed, you can count on me. I'll be there. I'm, gonna, I, I'm a part. I, I'm not a spectator. I, I'm involved. More benefit. Let, let's, let's be committed to this spiritual family together, the Valley Christian Church family. We don't say that word flippantly. It's very deliberate, very intentional, because that's who we're supposed to be, the Valley Christian Church family. So cultivate that meaningful relationship in the church. Cultivate it on a team. Cultivate your team. 
you know, serve team. <laughs> That's one of the best ways, you know, I was talking recently with, with one of the, the pastors on staff, like one of the best things we know that how people just, you, how you get just like in, how you just dive in deep is by serving other people. There's, it's so beneficial, so helpful. Just when you look around and we have, we call them dream teamers uh, here at Valley, for someone to help, someone to serve, is pouring coffee or good morning, how are you? Or uh, in our children's ministry, which is so powerful, you know, and, and so important. Because I was a kid back there. We have pastors on staff that were grew up in the church there. We have pastors all over America that, that were little kids back there in Valley Kids. So powerfully important. Just, just making just really a difference on a team. Develop that team. Cultivate those relationships on the team. There's something about serving side by side, you know, with someone else. It, you, you begin to, you're in this together because you're, you're, you're not even like face to face. You're, you're kind of like shoulder to shoulder serving. Develop a team. Become part of one of our dream teams. You can, you can do that on our, our website. The easy go through growth track will help to place you there in a place that fits right for you your time your schedule your gifts your abilities your your personality ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9 puts it this way two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor develop your team maybe it's not a serve team but but maybe i mean how important is this is friendships relationships in a small group a valley small group we're, we're launching our summer session, our summer semester for our Valley small groups this Sunday. Uh, you can check them out there, valleyny.cc slash groups. And, and uh, we, we have not as much of an offering as we normally do because it's summer, you know, folks are away and all that. But we have, I think, it's close to 20 different groups. Check out what, a, what, what we have to offer. Jump in, be a part, begin to cultivate these relationships. Because here's the thing, years down the road, it's going to make a break based on the relationships that you have. I haven't done everything right in my life, but my goodness, I'm, I'm so thankful that I prioritized some friendships back there before I was 30 years old that I'm still benefiting from today, and, and they are too. Those, those started by, in a group, those men, myself and those guys. So, so go ahead and look at, we've got Bible study groups, we've got groups for men, we've got groups for women, we've got some activity groups, interest groups, you know, uh, all, all different kinds of things. Check those out and, and join one of our summer groups here over the next eight weeks. So incredibly important. Prioritize those friendships. Start cultivating them today. Maybe you're like, well, maybe I'm not, I, I don't feel like I'm so needy or anything, but maybe someone needs you. Maybe someone needs the kind of friend you are. Maybe someone's just like, hanging by a thread right now and God's put a lot in you and, and it's through valley groups that we want to just a vehicle to, to help facilitate that that you guys can meet each other and, and and it'll make a difference one of the most powerful just things in the universe is friendship think about it Jesus trusted the gospel to his friends those disciples and then he left here, and he returned to heaven. He believed that much in the power of friendship that he trusted that his friends, the disciples, that he sent them out, the apostles, they would go and share the good news. And it worked. That's the power of friendship. The gospel itself is built, hinged on the power of friendship. Maybe it's time. Take that step. Find freedom in a valley, small group. And, and, and of course, when we talk about cultivating meaningful relationship, relationship, 
Cultivate it with God. <laughs> Grow every day in your great relationship with God. Through reading his word, through prayer, th through spending time in his presence. Grow in your relationship with God. Because here's the thing, if I could boil it all down, th this whole idea of finding freedom happens in our valley groups. We go to God for forgiveness, but we go to people, God's people, for healing. We go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for healing from the hurts and the pain of the past. You know, in the Old Testament, the, uh, it's kind of interesting that the, the high priest, the, the clothes that he wore that God told him, just basically designed the clothes, one of the things was he had like a breastplate that he wore, and he had the names of the tribes of Israel over his heart. Names over the heart. And, and, and we don't do that anymore. We don't dress that way, you know, or anything. But, but I, I love that whole idea that God wanted the tribes of Israel over the priest's heart. Let me ask you a question. What names are written on your heart? What names are written over your heart? Who, who, are your, who are your friends that inspire you to be more like Jesus? I tell you, on my heart, Pat Farley, Aaron Johnson, Chris Kelly, so many of who, who are those names that, that are written over your heart? Maybe it's time to Make a list of the names that are written over your heart and pray for those people. Just thank God for their friendship. Thank God for the relationship. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> this isn't being dramatic. I would not be pastoring this church today if it weren't for those friends whose names are written over my heart. Their friendship. It, it has made all the difference to me. And, and so maybe it's time to just make a list and pray for Make sure Pray for them regularly. Thank God for them. We find freedom through friendship, through relationship. Go to God for forgiveness. Go to God's people for healing. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for friends. Thank you for Christ-centered friends that, that we can surround ourselves with. Lord, for many of us, we have it's untapped power and potential in Christian friends. God, help us to prioritize these relationships, cultivate, nurture these relationships just like Jesus did. Lord, that we would nurture and cultivate those relationships in your family, the church, Valley Christian Church, on, on teams that we serve on in small groups, Lord, this summer even, in Valley groups, Lord, and that we prior, prioritize and nurture that relationship with you, knowing that we go to you for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for healing. Lord, may our hearts be full of gratitude, those names that are written over our hearts, those friends that you've given to us. And Lord, if we can't think of anyone, may we cultivate those relationships beginning today. In Jesus' name we ask this. We need your grace. May we will take this step in our spiritual journey to be more like Jesus. Amen. Amen.